You're listening to Good As Hell. I'm your host, John Rutherford. And I'm Rick Hampton. And I'm Nicky P. Hey! Hey! Uh, no one saw it coming. Fucking with him. Nobody with him now, saw it coming. Absolute curveball. <laughs> How you all doing, boys? Very well. Very well. The sun is good. I've finished fixing the decking. Uh, I've, I've had a productive day. Good, good. Uh, in yeah, in been, the world um, of adulthood. It's been warm. It's been sticky. Yeah. Don't like it. I'm sticky right now. And it's been hot outside as well. You're permanently sticky. Uh, <laughs> we took uh, we took uh, Lincoln to the um, uh, what's it called Aerospace Museum in Bristol this morning because he's obsessed with helicopters. Did he appreciate um, it? His mind was blown. He literally ran round it, screaming at helicopters. <laughs> I watched a uh, video of somebody um, changing the. Um, air conditioning on an apache helicopter and it's the most in like it's more intense than firing the missiles yeah um it's like 15 <laughs> buttons over four different um keypads and somebody commented Incredible. on the video um i identify um as an apache attack helicopter um because um sexuality wise um oh no i'm gonna have to find it now I can't remember exactly what it was. It was that good. You One threw second. us all in, and then you couldn't deliver, John. Come on. I couldn't. I got you all juiced up, and then I couldn't deliver. I'll just cut all this out. Yeah. So um, the the tweet that I was trying to remember. So yeah. So you've got you've got. Let me describe the video to you. The Apache attack helicopter has a big green screen with like eight buttons on the top, down the sides, and down the bottom. So it's got thirty two buttons just around it. Sure. And you're just pressing the buttons at random to eventually get to the temp- temperature gauge. And then on your uh, left is a um, keyboard, which you then have to so you have to type in what the temperature that you want is and press enter, and then that's what changes it. Um, and um, the, well, you, know, you, know the whole, you know the whole I identify as an attack helicopter line, that, uh, yeah, the one line that um, right people have about uh, gender. The one joke that they have. Um, the per- the lady who um, uh, tweeted this is a um, trans um, comedian. Um, what's her fucking name? Alice Alice Avizandum. Oh, I don't know. Um, and she said, I sexually identify as an Apache attack helicopter in that I am fucking impossible to interact with. <laughs> <laughs> Good. John, worth uh, it. That was worth really it. fucking worth it. Jesus Christ. It would have been good in the moment. In this, also, can I call your son LinkedIn instead of Lincoln? Yeah, you can call him whatever you want. <laughs> I still call your son Thelonious. So uh... Thelonious, he would have been called Thelonious if if Charlie hadn't uh, gone through quite a tough um, labour and I hadn't been off my tits for the entirety of it. So um, it was. Did it she was know, reasonable. Did she know? Did she know that? Is she aware well, that you were tits. completely? Yeah, of course, I told her. Out. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't. I was on a massive come down, and oh, uh, yeah, and she did know, and she wasn't impressed. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So, LinkedIn, um, <laughs> <laughs> your wonderful son. Um, yeah. How old do you know? Is he two? He's two. In coming up, September. yeah, yeah, coming up. May as, May as well. Fifth September. Fifth. I was hoping it was uh, September 11th because that would have been 
fucking phenomenal. No, although My, I have, no, I have got a Muslim friend whose birthday is September 11th, and, uh, <laughs> and, she, and that must be a difficult one to explain the party, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They were like, when Donald Trump says that he saw um, Muslims celebrating um, 9-11 um, as the towers fell, what he doesn't realise, it was it actually was, someone's birthday It party. was Janine's birthday, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Janine Abdo. Um, um, so I've got quite a lot to talk about this week. There's been oh uh, my a good few bits. I need, to, I need to issue a correction. Um, last week I said that apologize um, nothing, John. That uh, Huey Newton, no, because this is good. Uh, that Huey Newton um, was the um, leader of the Black Panthers that was murdered by the FBI and the Chicago police. It was actually Fred Hampton, which led me to think: Could he be a distant relation? I don't know. Well, no, Shall I, well, I try and find out? Well, actually, it's probably no, actually. Well, it's probably pretty unlikely just from the um, fact that, A, um, your grandmother's on your mum's side and her surname's not Hampton, but yeah, still. But you don't want to be, like, you know, emailing your spunk to Ancestry.com and giving all your DNA stuff away. It's, it's a nasty business. I've, I've made a habit over the years of giving my... Giving my DNA away, Nick. So uh, willy nilly. Ancestor, <laughs> ancestry dot com or whatever it is. It's been another one. Ancestry dot com. Ancestry So yeah. So I just, I just thought I would issue that correction. Let the records show that I, unlike the Pope, am fallible. Can you be fallible? Yeah, fallible. Yes, I am fallible. Um, you are. I want, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about. First of all, so we were having dinner the other night um, and um, Theo started um, wistfully discussing um, the idea that me and you might be a gay couple um, and that he wanted, uh, he wanted two dads. Um, so I, I, took the, I took the measure of the room um, and Izzy said that she wouldn't like that to be the case. She oh, didn't no. have any reason why. She, I said, would you not like, because you love Rick's tattoos, you get to see his tattoos all the time. And yeah. she said, no, I'd get bored of them. Which Fair. I thought was a scathing indictment. But did, uh, she, mean, did she actually say, I would not like that to be the case? Like, you, did she use those particular words? Well, I think she meant, I don't think she meant it in a... I mean, that's quite uh, advanced speech for someone of her age, isn't it? She's she's five. So yeah. <laughs> so it's probably just normal <laughs> to express an opinion as a five year old. No, not, uh, yeah, not not in the manner of a fucking thirty seven year old. Of a, yeah. of a, like a lawyer. Do it with my mannerisms. Yeah. John, don't pretend that five year old girls speak like thirty seven year old men. Don't she try speak... to downplay Nick's comment like that. I I picked her up when she was going into school um, in the afternoons after like look when the lockdown started easing. Um, I picked her up and brought her home one day, and I went, "Oh, do you want me to come and sit upstairs and watch TV with you?" And she went, "Ah, oh, I've actually had a really rough day at school. Can I have five minutes to myself?" So she does speak like like <laughs> Brent, basically. Brilliant. You, are you hamming this up, John Rutherford? Style? No, she, she does like she did, she did like a little clicky noise and went, you know, did the no, could, not the did one. She, did she ask if you can touch base uh, some other time? So I wasn't listening. Charlie came into the room and she said um, that she's joined the uh, Britain First Defence Force um, and she's got to go to the training uh, camp uh, next week. 
Good on him. Yeah. Um, Enjoy your time, so, Chad. So Izzy said, yeah, Izzy, Izzy's not a fan. Um, but when I was thinking about it, I came up with, with um, two things, which was um, instead of Valentine's Day, we could have Palentine's Day. Nice. We're a couple of pals. Palentine's. That's quite nice. Palentine's Day, which might actually be a new thing. I might sell that to Hallmark because you they're always looking for new content. Hold on, John. Hold on. You're pulling this out of the archive. This is the, the, we've discussed Palentine's Day before. Yeah, fucking hell. Have we really it was two years yeah. ago? Lena Lena once sent me a Valentine's Day card, right? And it uh, and I think what happened was she um in her haste to uh, uh, to scroll the card quickly before she you know five minutes before she handed it to me she started she started writing and i think she was gonna write happy birthday like just <laughs> so she got the pit she got the top loop before she realized yeah. it was a birthday card and then just did tried to do it as valentine's day um so uh palentine's day is is something that we regularly joke about at this house well, if she tried to write birthday, perhaps she was trying to write Valentine's Day as in the whiskey, which is also a good holiday to have. I mean, I could go and open. I've got some Valentines left over, I think, somewhere. But yeah, Palestine, I mean, it was it was it was verging on Palestine's Day, uh, and I thought she was, you know, just celebrating, yeah, you know, Palestinian uh, freedom, right? yeah. solidarity, solidarity with the Palestinians. Yeah. And while we're talking about the Palestinians, why don't we try and sort out the um, Israel-Palestine situation? Um, I have some robust now. <laughs> John, uh, John it, last week it was the uh, tumble dryer. This week it is someone doing Charlie's it. making a cup of tea. Charlie's making a cup of tea. Charlie's making a cup of tea by running the taps on full blast for five minutes. Should you fill up the, the kettle? Don't tell Tom Simpson. <laughs> Oh, we had a great, we had a great back and forth. Of, well, oh, no, Nick, Nick, Nick had a great back and forth. I was just trying to wind him up. Um, uh, he's uh, he's very sensitive about water usage. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I took a picture of a guy uh, power washing our uh, courtyard because we'd been basically trying to get it clean for years, and uh, I sort of was very excited about this and posted a picture saying, "Oh God, look at this! This is brilliant!" And Tom was on my ass immediately, like, oh, "You're using so much water." And I'm like, how are you going to, I live in the center of Bristol. I mean, how are you going to, what, are you going to get a broom? Uh, no, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have we lost John? No, no, I was fine. I was putting it on mute so that you didn't have to hear the um, oh. RF fighter jet take off in the kitchen. Because your, uh, your video is frozen. Um, oh, yeah, so it, it led it led to a bit of a protracted back and forth where uh, Tom, Tom, um, you know, edu- well, attempted to educate me i won't say educate me because i'm i'm far too far gone for that um but um attempted to educate me on the fact that uh you know in his opinion water was a kind of finite resource uh when you know i'm sure like you know 78 percent of our our water comes from kind of you know recycled surface water rain you know reservoir type things it is a finite resource, but it's just like one that we've got loads of in this well, country. Also, you've got to remember the ice caps are melting, so we've always got more coming along. I mean, okay. you can't say it is a finite resource because there's not enough. There are some countries which are, uh, you know, um, uh, having massive droughts or whatever, because 
if 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 Nick's man didn't power wash his uh, his courtyard, they weren't going to send that excess water to another country, <laughs> were they? So no, it, no, if, I don't think so. If, 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 if you know, if there's a water shortage problem in the UK, then fine. But is that? I mean, I'm not sure that that's actually the case, is it? No, I, I don't think that we're pumping it to um, KSA, to Dubai, to make a, the slippy slide. They used to do... I feel like hosepipe bands haven't been as much as a thing as they used to, or am I just out of touch? I think there's just been too much going on in the world that the hosepipe ban isn't um, annual news anymore. Yeah. It used to be big there, there could be one going... <laughs> The look that Charlie just gave me was one of like, what the fucking hell are you talking about? <laughs> she can, she's, you know, come I think on the she wants to find out. To be, she won't come on the pod. She refuses to come on the pod. You know, she's but having I, none of it. Oh yeah, definitely. When I was like twelve, you'd hear about all the hosepipe band summer. You know, don't have fun with the hose. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in the words of Tony Soprano, remember when is the lowest form of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I did, say it in a, I did say it in a disparaging way. I wasn't... Uh, I, I, I like fuck to, about that. I, I, love to, I love to take a little uh, wistful wander down yesteryear mm. um, and discuss... Um, Memory lane. Fucking hosepipe bands and white dog shit. Um, and three yes. Fredo... MP. <laughs> white, white dog shit. I've, I've got, remind me why we don't have white dog shit anymore. Someone said it's because, uh, I don't know if it's true, but they said that the um, like the ingredients in dog foods changed. But then I just wonder if it's just that people pick up dog shit now and they didn't used to. Yeah. Like, I, was watching, I was watching an episode of Mad Men where they go for a picnic and at the end of the picnic, all of the like rubbish that they've got on the blanket on like the nice grass area that they're sat in, they just stand up, throw it all onto the floor, <laughs> roll the blanket up, put it under their arm and go. And I was thinking like, I want to remake, uh, well not remake, but I want a similar scene in a um, period drama in the set in the 1980s um, where the main character's dog just shits everywhere. And no, yeah, like, yeah, and no one give bats an island. People taking dogs for walks as the dogs just shit on the floor and people are like, gosh, it's barbaric time. Well, um, if you um, if you come to like Castle Park in the height of summer, you you'll see the sort of savagery that we have on display here with just people just leaving heaps of crap. You know, I don't I don't think it depends where you are. I guess a middle class leafy suburb might have a different kind of approach, but I've, there's plenty of dog shit around where I live. But. Well, as we know from last week's episode. Mm. Old ladies bag the dog shit and then just drop the bag on the floor, yeah. which in some ways is um, a step forward. In other ways, is a significant step backwards. Well, so you have to navigate. Not it's not just navigating the dog shit bags. It's navigating the nose canisters. And sometimes you get a double whammy where you'll slip on the nose canister and then fall on the dog shit. Yeah, and it's true. It's true. I, what can you do? Really, you just you carry on, John. Is what you do. Yeah. Just got to live your life, mate. You just got to try and move forward as best you can. Um, it's like the um, tagline to um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: "Who will survive and at what cost?" Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Where the fuck has Rick gone? He's just left. Know. 
don't know. <laughs> I, I imagine something's happened with LinkedIn. Um, we, we might. Uh, well, we can always we can always whittle this one down if uh, if the comedy flows don't. <laughs> no, I will. I will never whittle down. I I like to do as minimal editing as possible. The only editing I like to do is spend 15 minutes tailoring in the fading effect on the song that plays. <laughs> and making it play for far too fucking long, yeah. And and incredibly loud as well. Yeah. I think I actually, I think I've got the volume issues down. Um, you know, like we, we, we're we not blowing the top off of anyone who listens to its head. Like, a, do you remember there was a film? Oh, fuck, I can't remember what it was called. It's called something like Stay Tuned. I think it was in fact called Stay Tuned. Mm. From like the late 80s, maybe early 90s. And it was about the devil sells a dad who's a bit of a couch potato, a satellite TV um, like subscription and puts the big satellite into it. And then him and his long-suffering wife get sucked into the um, that TV. The most, that is such an 80s sounding movie right there. Yeah. It's the guy, do you know, did you watch, um, did you watch, um, uh, fucking what's it called? George Deadwood. Oh yeah. With um, Lovejoy. Yeah. With Lovejoy. Um, where he plays Lovejoy, um, and it's uh, oh, it's Lovejoy is in Stay Tuned. No, it's not. It's not Lovejoy. It's do you know the newspaper guy, the big fat ginger guy with the <laughs> I've never seen Deadwood. Oh fucking hell! Anyway, he turned out to be a pedo. So, oh, you know, well, just like Prince that. Andrew, who's just been uh, he's uh, just been done for being a pedo. <laughs> yes. Well, he's been but done he... even more now because um, Gislaine is um, dobbing on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, apparently the, the the papers that were released show that he was um, lobbying the US government on Epstein's behalf. My favourite thing about the released papers has got to be that um, Alan Dershowitz, um, who um, is like a Der Stormer um, caricature of a Jewish lawyer, um, he... <laughs> Um, he um, comes off. I'm not going to lie, pretty badly. As he's a nasty not, piece of work. He's yeah. a nasty piece of work. I believe he was on Twitter uh, trying to basically defend like lowering the age of consent laws or something like that. He's a nasty. Yeah, back fucker, in the day, yeah. yeah, yeah. He wrote. Yeah. A, I think it was a New York Times, like an impassioned defence about why it should be lowered. Anyway, it yeah. Be 14. Um, Fucking hell, these but people. yeah, he uh, and also famous for um, stopping um, my hero Norman Finkelstein. He um, yes. This is actually sorry. I get I get really annoyed about this because I watched that whole uh, Finkelstein um, debacle about how so he got Dershowitz got ripped apart on radio, TV, you know, and he ruined this guy's career. He ruined his life. The, the man's a martyr. But yeah. Mm. Sorry, I, yeah. Finkelstein's had a hard time of it anyway because he's a Jewish person that thinks that um, Israel shouldn't um, murder Palestinians and um, is an apartheid state, and he gets a, a lot of shit for it. So yeah, um, no shouts yeah. to Finkelstein, man. Talking of um, Epstein, um, I got a, a question in from um, listener Little Liam Wallace, who um, said. Um, fuck, marry, kill the three horsemen of the nonce apocalypse, um, which are Trump, Clinton, and Prince Andy. Um, so, Nick, you fuck, marry, um, kill, and why? I just feel the need to go for a piss, so I'll speak to you boys in a sec. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Rick. I'll, I'll you, yeah, go on then. Fuck Mary Kill, Trump, Clinton, Prince Andrew. Fuck um, Donald. Fuck Trump. Yeah. Um, just so I can just so I can tell the world. Mm. Um, uh, marry Clinton. Okay. Kill Prince. So, what's your what's your thought process between marrying Clinton, committing regicide on Prince Andrew? Well, he's not a king, but you know, roughly speaking. I mean, he's, is he even a member of the royal family anymore? Yeah, he's still a member of the royal family. His mum still pays for him. Are you sure? Has she yeah. not? Has she not pied him off? No, she's not disowned him. He was at his daughter's wedding, and it was all just kept very quiet in the papers. Oh right. Oh. I mean, you know, is there much thought process behind it? Well, I put a lot of thought into this and, and I went with Mary Trump. Why? He's got to be the richest out of the three, you know. And also, Trump is pretty much asexual in my opinion. I don't believe that he's committed all of the sexual assaults he's accused of because I think he... Um, defense. I, I think he doesn't... Uh, he's asexual. He doesn't experience sexual uh, desire in a normal way. I think the only way that Trump can come is by, like building well not even building trump comes money like the only way he can actually feel any kind of sexual gratification is through doing a deal which is why he puts so much emphasis on deals you know like the art of the deal is his karma sutra um so i thought marry him um i would uh fuck prince andrew because he doesn't sweat and if i have to have sex with one of the three i don't want to get covered in their sweat um and afterwards, you can take me to Pizza Express and Woking. Right. Um, just to, just to memorialise the event. <laughs> regular, regular customer discount. Yeah, big mm. time. He's uh, well. I I definitely think he gets. Um, uh, he I think he orders the sloppy Giuseppe. I think he orders it because he thinks it's a degrading sex act. He's not expecting a pizza. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, and but then when he receives it, receives the sloppy Giuseppe, he's happy about it, you know. He's like, you know, this is actually a taste sensation. Um, and which leaves me with murdering Bill Clinton, and it's just in revenge for the um tens of people that him and his wife have um had assassinated <laughs> um, over the last 40 years. <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, I would, in answer to your question that you were going to pose, I, I completely agree, I'd go with those as well, John. That was a cop out, Nick. Come on now. I no, I, I, I agree I, with John's I, answer. Yes, I, I, yeah, I do. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I haven't really given it much thought, to be honest. I tell you what, next episode that I'm on, I'll come back and I'll give you my fifteen-minute answer. I my like. my verdict on exactly who. Yeah, I've often thought um, about the whole fuck Mary kill thing. Um, that instead of. Um... <laughs> You know when um, Jesus was taken to, um, uh, like, out in front of the, when Pontius Pilate took Jesus out in front of the um, the crowd and said, you know, we'll release one of these three um, people. And one was Jesus, one was Barabbas, and I don't even know if there was another one. I think he should have done fuck, Mary kill then. He said, right, you can fuck, Mary kill. You've got Jesus, says he's the son of God claims to be able to perform miracles, has 12 mates. Um, we've got Barabbas, a thief, and then we've got just another fella 
maybe Pontius Pilate himself actually. And then, and then I would like to say, if I was a billionaire, multi-billionaire, I'd go back in time, but uh, Buddha time machine, go back in time, have a little whisper in Latin to Pontius Pilate, get him to do that, and then come back and see what the tenets of um, the Roman Catholic Church are um, in the year 2000. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like Barabbas got a bum deal because really, if you're a thief at that kind of day and age, you're really driven by... No, he was a murderer. Barabbas was a murderer. Oh, really? oh okay. Then oh, I was going to go on a massive tirade about how material circumstances uh, drive people to do acts that... Well, there were thieves that were um, um, crucified next to Jesus because you got the... You got the, the hand cut off, didn't they? good thief and then the unrepentant thief i can't remember what the term is but there's like a term in catholicism about the thief that because jesus was like oh you know if you repent your sins now you can come up to heaven with me I'll, oh you know i'll talk to my dad i'll let you in you know talk to the talk to the door and get you in and uh, one of them did repent and then the other one didn't and uh um well the which, one you got to assume that pascal's wager was like you know, a couple yeah. of hundred years, a few good you know, thousand years, 1500 years he in the was future. actually doing a desk art and thinking, well, what if it's all just a trick? What can I be certain of? Well, myself for one, but I can't be trusting no phony ass Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair he, t- he rolled the dice and he came up potentially right or wrong. We don't know. And it's, it's not for me to say as um, then- a, Jesus would have known if he was faking, so Pascal's wage is horseshit. No, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Of course it does. No, it doesn't. You may as well you may as well believe in God because the uh because the you know not believing in God, uh the worst the outcome is that you go to hell. Well no, but Pascal's wager isn't just that you believe in God, it's that you live your life in a um godly way. Um because But the... God would know that you're wagering. God would know that you don't mean it. It's not sincere. Well, actually, um, well, that's not God. Teachings of uh, Catholicism say that the only way that you go to hell is if that you feel you don't deserve God's love. Um, it's a self punishment. God's love is all consuming. Fucking hell! I mean, I, how? Like, what the? <laughs> it's a Saturday night, and I'm going. Yeah, but well, actually, stop defending the fucking Catholic Church, everyone. Yeah. Um I um to to move away uh, from God because as Nietzsche said, God is dead. Um I was thinking the other day of Nietzsche's famous phrase, um, stare into the abyss and the abyss stares into you. But instead of staring into it, I was thinking yes. come into it. Come into the abyss and the I abyss know, comes into you. I know it'd be a fluid out of your dick. I, I knew it was one of them. John, I want to run with this. I really want to run with this, but I just uh, can't think of what, what you're trying to say. <laughs> I don't know. It just made me laugh. I was thinking about it um, the other day, and it, it, it made me giggle. I, originally, it was stick your dick into the abyss, and the abyss sticks its dick into you. <laughs> but then I thought, it's, it's not pithy enough. I've stunned them in science. Rick, give us a can check. What are you eating at the moment? KFC. KFC. <laughs> Oh, man, I haven't had KFC in months. I'd love some. What are you having? Hot wings. You got hot wings in the mix. Of course. Can I? Can I guess your your order? Go. Zinger Tower Burger. Correct. Yes, boy. Three hot wings. Correct. Large fries. Incorrect. Oh, Ooh, he's cutting down chicken. on the carbs. Incorrect. 
Oh, can I guess your drink? Yeah. Banter. Oh, close enough. Oh, yes! Orange Tango. Tango. Orange Tango. Still got it. Still got it. I mean, I, told- I mean, you know, KFC don't serve Fanta, but, you know, whatever, John. You've still- oh, of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. I, I was thinking just from a McDonald's order that you made in 2006. <laughs> <And> <laughs> what, a spicy chicken burger and loads of wind? No, 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 but drink Oh, the drink. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. Let's see. Well, it was a good one. Extrapolated. It was a good so one. What was the, so what, instead of chips, what did you have? Two listen, more wings? Listen, Sorry? I, no, I had, I had a Zinger Tower box meal. So you get a Zinger Tower burger, you get two hot wings, um, and then you get a couple of sides. And I usually go fries and coleslaw. Yeah. But um, so Lane was ordering it on the uh, delivery app, and it, and you choose your sides, and you choose the first side, and then you get limited on the second side you choose. So there's no way you can have the combination of fries and coleslaw. What? That's that's shambolic. Yeah. I was staring at it for minutes. How how so I could have fries or coleslaw as the first side, and then and then neither of those things is the second. How are side. you how are you combining fries and coleslaw like chips and coleslaw? They've got enough substance that you can get it in there. Fries and coleslaw, you can't be putting coleslaw on fries. Of course you can. You're crazy. Literally, literally squash the fries together into a pile. Oh, coleslaw on top. No, yeah, no, no. Um, I got a I got an email from uh, Master Commander, um, and it was fucking terrifying. Um, and I'm not going to read it because what? Uh, a, because my phone's just turned off, oh, <laughs> and, uh, and B, um, it might be a coded message, um, like a Manchurian Candidate type thing. Um, oh, I see. Because it was mental. But basically, the crux of his question boiled down to, would you rather be gay or shag your mum? And the answer was, be gay. So um, I can can happily put that to bed. Be gay with you, it was, Rick. It was, would you rather be gay with me or shag your mum? Yeah, yeah, all right. Weirdly worded question. I mean, this is... I'm concerned for him, basically. Uh, What I thought you you were going to say when you said you didn't want to read out the... um, uh, the email was when, like, in a murder investigation, when they have uh, uh, the police have things that they call I can't remember exactly the wording of the thing, but they, they call it like you know, guilty facts or something like that. Yeah, and it's something that only the, the only the, the person who did it would know, so they yeah. don't, so they 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 keep that out of the investigation, out of the press, out of you know, uh, conferences and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because that's yeah, a, a sure sign. So I thought you were going to say that, like it was actually that's, a, that's an excellent idea. That's how we get him, yeah, that's how we get him. Yeah. Well, there was some other bits. There was some other bits in it as well that I went. But I mean, it was terrifying. I, I received the uh, email, um, checked my phone late at night, yeah. and it was like um, the type of thing. The, the message inside of it was like the type of thing that you would find in a serial killer's journal, um, along with pictures of like aborted fetuses and oh, um, like people with congenital defects. So, um, okay, now, mate. you know. Keep sending them in, Master Commander. Um, as usual, um, your um, your reply, uh, <laughs> your contact with us um, reminds me of um, the BTK killer 
um, messaging the FBI. Um, and I look forward to, I open each one um, with the same joyful glee that I'm sure that whatever special agent opened up the letters um, from the BTK killers as well. Horrid. Good. <laughs> it's definitely Rich Brand, I think. I think we've got some is, Have you met Rich? Uh, I mean, I don't think he's twisted you know Rich? enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's twisted enough. Oof. Okay. I think he's a, I think he's a jolly nice guy and I think I maybe mean, he might have a dark side, you know, but uh I mean who who do we do you ever really know, man? I mean a poignant statement. Uh, who did? Who is? Uh Rich, my mate Rich Brand. Oh no, he's charming lad. No, no, he'll be he's fine. Yeah, nothing wrong. Yeah, I Listen, this is this is what he wants you to bloody think. You both fallen for it. I think he's uh I think he's master conqueror. Yeah, maybe. And also, John, um, actually, that was you know, quite a fucked up. That was a really fucked up question he sent. So it would have somebody with like the capacity to go to those depths. Um, um, and also, John, uh, Nick obviously didn't listen to the last episode, uh, which is you know disappointing at best. Always disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry, boys, always... didn't catch up. No, it's all right, mate. You know, how can we expect uh, you know third chair to listen um, when no one else does? Well, yeah, um, I've got I've got it, a schedule. <laughs> um so yeah I'm actually no, listening yeah. to audiobooks so you know you've got to fit them in my yeah. listening space yeah so podcasts ruined music for me as me and john have talked about before uh and then and then audiobooks have now ruined podcasts so what else we got to talk about fucking out i've run out of steam uh, um john, you john you literally you literally said at the start of this i've got loads of stuff to talk about yeah, bang through it. <laughs> well, I, I, I do, I do have a story. Well, not so much of a story, but a thing I did today. Um, but I'm in the kitchen smoking, so I can't bring up my notes. Mm. Can you not remember? Well, so I'll start the story now. Uh, so I was looking for something to watch tonight, going on IMDb as you do, and I thought, well, what I'll do is sort. Um, I'll, I'll look at all of the comedies, the top comedies, but sort by current year. So I sorted by current year, and unfortunately I hit the wrong button, and I sorted by reverse order, and got my recommendation was for a 1893 film called Blacksmith Scene. And the Sounds description hilarious. is: <laughs> the description is three men hammer on an anvil and pass a bottle of beer around. Are you going to watch it, Nick, or not? No, it's like it's like ten seconds long. You had to pay like what a shilling to get into a big tent to be entertained by moving images for like ten seconds, and then you'd be ushered out again. <laughs> it's it's not a comedy at all. <laughs> I think like um, I was talking this when I was at film school. Um, we were talking um, about what it must be like, what it must have been like to um, like be live in an era where cinema didn't exist and then go to the cinema for the first time and how that must have been like a complete paradigm shift. And um, one of the guys that I went to film school with, um, a guy called Paul, said, yeah, it must have been like um, like having gone... You do the accent. He's just got a normal accent. Um, oh, not Northern Irish. He's, no, no, not not Paul McKenna. No, 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 not Paul. I've got another Paul McKenna cinema story to tell in a second. Um, and uh, he went, yeah, it must have been. A, it must have been like when people went to see Terminator One. 
Um, and then, like, you know, a few years later, they go and see Terminator 2, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's the good guy. Like, that must have blown people away. And it he said it so <laughs> earnestly. <laughs> Oh, this came up. This came up yesterday. There's a couple of uh, in a in a, um, a Zoom quiz. Um, so a couple of questions on on cinema, uh, uh, classic action movies. I think it was and uh, and Terminator One, Terminator Two came up. So Terminator Two won four Oscars. Yeah. Um, uh, what and what at the time made that feat uh, completely unique? Do you know the answer to that one, John? CGI. No. Um. Well, what for? Uh... It does. the The categories doesn't matter. Oh, okay. The fact. Um, it was the first sequel to win four Oscars. No, Godfather would have won. It was the first sequel to uh, win an an Oscar uh, when the original didn't get nominated for anything. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Because I was thinking Godfather would have won stuff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Which is quite good. And then, uh, oh, fuck. What's going on? Oh, it's gone. There's another film question that I thought you might find interesting. Oh, Rocky. Rocky, three Oscars. Yeah. Uh, one Brilliant. best screenplay, um, best film. Uh, best editing. Oh, okay. One best, best screenplay, screenplay, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah Sylvester yeah. Stallone um, um, is a uh, recipient of best screenplay, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Do you know why Sylvester Stallone he- talks like that? Because he was delivered with forceps and it severed a nerve in his face. And so he's got like partial paralysis in his face. And that's why it means like, yeah. I don't I think that's that true. was like the stereotypical because, New because, York Italian guy type. No, yeah, I don't think that. No, true. apparently it's true. Let me tell you why. Because he's been in many an interview where he speaks quite eloquently. And and I think people just think he, he's rocky. <laughs> he, he, was, he was putting on an affectation when he was acting. Nah. Who'd have thunk but, it? But also, he, he he got punched in the lip quite a lot doing that film, so of course he's going to talk funny. Yeah. <laughs> he right here's so for right whilst we're casting ridiculous, uh, probably untrue rumors about Stallone and uh, and the film Rocky. Um, so someone once told me at length that uh, he wrote Rocky, right, and and was touting it around the studios. Yeah, and he was absolutely fucking penniless. He was living on other people's sofas. He sold his dog, right? He was that broke, and and he had he had had several offers for major or or you know whoever reasonable sized studios to make the film. Mm. They were willing to buy the script off him, but they would not let him play the lead role. He was a completely unknown actor, um, and so he said no to all of the offers and just kept out on it round. He was literally fucking bang broke to the point yeah like i say yeah, to sell his fucking dog uh until some, uh, someone picked up the script and he went and bought his dog back yeah i think i can believe that i think that makes sense because if you've got some offers to buy the screenplay um you must be like well there must be something here i just need to hold out and if you've got like fucking haven't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out on it's much more easy to be um i've got nothing to lose might as well just hold out until it's either going to work or it's not. It's fifty-fifty chance. <laughs> there we go. I said uh, I've got a rule at work regarding fifty-fifty chances, which is um, if someone sends me an email. This this isn't true, but I tell my boss it is true. Um, if someone sends me an email, I ignore it 
and one of two things happens it either goes away completely or it becomes such a huge issue that it ruins my life and my view is it's got a 50 50 chance of it being either one of those things and you know who cares yeah so you may as well ignore it so i may as well ignore it you have the dice. what i actually think is i i do if the email isn't something that i'm aware of then i ignore it completely because i think if it's important the person will send a follow-up email and if they don't then it's not important i don't need to worry about it yeah that's true yeah yeah that's co- that's common yeah I, I prescribe to that yeah um yeah so that was that um i read the the most batshit mental conspiracy theory um talking about me too like this is mental so this is this is this conspiracy theory specifically relates to if you were looking at the hashtags um of what it related to it relates to me too and joe rogan um which is phenomenal um so do you know who the stand-up comedian chris delia is yeah, he got he got me too'd recently. He got he? me too'd recently. So Chris D'Elia is a particularly not funny stand-up comedian, but is mates with with like the what you could I suppose term like the Rogan set in um, in LA uh, comedy, um, which is people like um, Bert Kreischer, Tom Segura, uh, Brian Callen. Uh, Brendan Sharp, who's an ex UFC fighter, a boost turned into. Don't they have a podcast like the Fighter and the Kid or whatever? Fighter and the Kid, yeah, yeah, and and like a few other people. And he he's more on the kind of the outside of it, like he's not like, but he's friends with enough of the people in that group that he is considered part of that group. So anyway, he was me tooed for, uh, I say allegedly, um, but pretty good evidence that he did it um trying to solicit uh nudes and sex from uh underage um girls um and so that sort of came and went and that was about i think it was about like a month ago maybe six weeks ago something like that uh, might have been last week fucking the time dilation of sitting in your house um means that you know time is is essentially meaningless now and um leads me to believe that um lockdown is a a true indication that we do live in um, a block universe um, as opposed to any standard uh, view of uh, linear time progression. Um, well, just, on, just, just on that, though, I mean, that's the thing. That's why everyone believes in all this, like, 5G nonsense. It's driven everyone insane, John, not just, not just us. hilarious. The entire population of Britain and beyond. Yeah. So then yesterday there was a article in the... Um, LA Times, the stand-up comedian Brian Callen, who is very close friends with Joe Rogan, and he has the Fire and the Kid podcast that Nick just mentioned, raped a woman like in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, and then had a kind of like a few other like dodgy, not on the par with a rape, but like f- like trying to force forcibly kiss a woman who worked in American Apparel and like having a relationship with somebody who was like 20, which, you know, is legal, but is like uh, dodgy that 20 years is, is junior who he was like, had like a power imbalance. I don't know. I don't, I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm not a power imbalance yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so the conspiracy theory that I read regarding this um, was that the DNC, um, Democratic National Committee, are trying to um, 
uh, hide the fact that Clinton's uh, we're trying to like sort of like documented evidence, but there's like uh, testimony, uh, court testimony uh, that Clinton was seen on Epstein's Island with two young women um, by um, getting these um, accusations out against um, friends of Joe Rogan. But at the same time, trying to discredit Joe Rogan because he um, won't play ball with having, um, he wouldn't play ball with having other uh, Democratic presidential uh, nominees on his podcast. And he's too powerful and they need to... uh, Also, John, didn't he endorse Bernie? He endorsed Bernie as well. Yeah, he did endorse Bernie. And he also has sort of endorsed Trump. Um, over Biden as well, so it's a it's a dis it's a discrediting campaign by accusing people within his um, circle of friends of rape because they haven't got anything on him. That's pretty good. That's pretty good one, isn't it? That's pretty mental. It is pretty fucking wild. Yeah, I think it's more likely that stand-up comedians um, uh, oh, are fucking weird. Yeah, some of them are, and some of them are sexual predators or. You know, like yeah. some men are just sexual predators, and it just happened that two of them were friends. So anyway, well, I think um, the, those the, the kind of guys that get up on stage and do all these like risque jokes, you know, you, they they sort of make jokes about it as well, right in front of audiences' faces. So you got to sometimes realise you got to take these people at face value when they well, joke about these things. I read the article and it made me realise how um, potentially this uh, podcast is going to be used in a deposition one day to prove that um, I'm either a nonce or a um, sex offender uh, because yeah. they just went through, they just picked out quotes where they they managed to find a direct quote from one of this guy's um, podcasts where he says, I am a rapist. You realise you... You realise you've just said it. Let yeah, clip yeah. That. fucked. You've just said it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just like yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like it's like anything, isn't it? Which is, um, I'm trying to think of the best way of putting it. I want to be sensitive to um, the conversation, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in this way. Um, enough women get like raped or sexually assaulted or you know, abused in relationships. Like, turns out that, you know, there's a lot of, um, like, pretty bad men um, out there. And it's almost like people don't want to admit the level of, like, badness in, um, like, relationships and and interactions between uh, men and women. And the fact that Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and the press um, are much more tuned into these things means that like anyone who's got a skeleton in their closet. um, I mean, we spoke about this years ago um, when me too first happened, but anyone who's got a skeleton in their closet and achieves a level of not even fame, just like being able to be identifiable. um, It means that there's just a, just a reckoning. And I think that this, but I think the sad thing is that this probably just doesn't change anything. Like nothing, there's no, there'll be the, the punishment will be that the person will, you know, if they have a career that can be can be affected by their behaviour, then, you know, it means that they'll lose access to that career. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, 
I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I agree. Just in the sense that you, if you make something so public and there's so so many people um, uh, getting, you know, their just desserts um, for things they've done in the past, which are fucking horrid in in some cases. Um, even if you know nothing in specifically changes for that individual person, I think there's been such a such a vocal. Um, in, international movement in specifically in terms of the me too thing that it's got to be you know it's it's changing perception isn't it it's changing how you know society and it's changing how young people um view these things and that's the point we're not you don't with any move great movement you don't end up changing the current generation you end up changing the subsequent generations and so things get better i don't think anyone has ever wanted to commit uh, an act of sexual violence and then decided not to because of the consequences of that. Does that no, make- I completely agree. I completely agree, but that's not the point. It's it's so it's such a public conversation now that there's that's an there's an education piece that young men are less likely to to get themselves involved in these situations in the first place. Yeah, maybe. It's it's not that they get themselves to the point of rape and then go, "Well, hang on. What if I get outed on Twitter?" You know, that's not the point in it, is it? It's that they won't be in that situation in the first place because they're but better at they, But a lot, of these, uh, a lot of these young men exist in like frat houses or maybe they're Hollywood adjacent. So they've got these power structures around them that are going to defend them. And, but they're, and hide they're changing. Shit. Those things are changing. That's my point. As a result of the Me Too movement, they're changing slowly, but they are moving in the right direction. It's the same with it. It's the same with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement at the moment. It's not... I think you know when you like if you if you create a system like effectively uh, democracy doesn't uh, you know it's got many issues right uh, but but one of the large problems particularly with Black Lives Matter in my in my opinion is that democracy doesn't work in that sense because if you get a group of people and and the vast majority of the right everyone gets their vote right they all go and have their say and they're all get their voices heard right. In, in in any system set up like that, right? Then the the the, the majority, right? In, in whichever way you want to cut it, whether it's gender, whether it's race, whether it's religion, will will get their way, right? And so over a long enough period of time, yeah, the the, the system is completely fucking skewed towards the majority. So democracy doesn't work very well for leveling the playing field for minorities, um, and 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 so that's so. And I, I think you know. It, these movements are really fucking important at publicizing the cause and, and hopefully getting people to understand better something from another person's point of view. Um, and, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, getting, getting young men to understand what it's like and how difficult it is to be a woman and getting white people to understand how difficult it is to be not white, right. In these systems is, is an important thing. And it takes fucking ages to change, but it is yeah, it's important. I think actually I'm going to change my point of view to your point of view. I think, you know, <laughs> no, I do agree with that. Like, I think like, it's not so much that um, people will think, yeah, like you say, that not so much that people will think that um, I better not commit this rape because I might get outed on Twitter. It's that their viewpoint would have been changed further down the line that they wouldn't consider putting themselves in. They wouldn't even yeah. be in the situation in the first place, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it comes from just like a lack of education. Like we don't have, I didn't have these conversations with my parents. And I think the difference now is that these are the conversations that I have with Theo. Yeah. So maybe that's like a, you know, like a, uh, and, and like, you know, our teachers didn't have, or our, um, 
like people that we respected or looked up to didn't have these conversations with us when we were kids. But I think that, and I think from from what you're saying, the good thing that will come out of of this movement is the conversations that would have been taboo, you know, even three years ago, aren't taboo now. Like we're three mates who've been on a Saturday, on a fucking Saturday night, honestly. Um, who I've had six beers. Um, who are like having? Do you a have chat. anything else to do tonight? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm exactly. Married. I'm, I'm not well, hold on. Kidding. I was going to watch uh, the blacksmith scene from '93. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, just, just, just mute, and uh, we'll see you. Talk in 10 about seconds. talk yeah. about toxic masculinity. Three guys hammering away at an anvil and drinking a beer. Jesus aren't, Christ! Aren't really, Rick? Uh, really, Nick? Aren't we the blacksmiths? Well, aren't we just? Yeah. What is our anvil? Yeah. The uh, comedy. Uh, <laughs> no, <content. laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Comedy. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, one thing we can safely all agree on: this is not a comedy podcast. Well, yeah. you, you mentioned bants. I mean, that's one of the things where you can clearly see the imbalance, the kind of you know the toxic masculinity, or the imbalance where you know bants is kind of given. It's almost status quo, you know. Oh, lads, they're just bants. Uh, lads are just banting. This is the kind of thing that creates that atmosphere and that kind of mentality yeah. that you know leads to these things. So it all has to be. You know, you have to sort of think about where it all comes from and male culture and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a really complex topic. Yeah, but it'll be it'll be different for I mean for um for our kids' generation and then the generation after that and the generation after that. Like I think that like people scream like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Go and get a fucking consent contract out of the toilet, uh, out of the cube, not out of the toilet, out of the um machine. Like <laughs> like you go, like you go to the condom machine and. Yeah when you buy your condoms there's a consent contract in there as well and you get the girl to fucking sign it great but idea i think there'll be no. I, I think well, i think there will be something i was watching there's a amazon series called upgrade um and it's set in a future where um on death uh you can have your consciousness downloaded into the cloud and you go and live in like a really nice um after, if you're rich enough you go and live in like a really nice afterlife mm. um and uh but there's a bit in it where there's a character who's on a tinder date and she goes back to shag the fella that she's on the tinder date with and they literally go i consent to this act i consent to this act into each other's phones and then that's like a record of um you know of and i think there probably will be at some point some you know silicon valley brain genius will come up with an app that does that and but i don't think it ever really um that'll ever be like a uh necessity i think it'd be more you know like you say that people will not put themselves not through um conscious decision through culture and um like uh nurture won't find themselves into a situation where they've i mean if you think like i always think about um animal house there's a scene in animal house um, where one of the characters is with a um, passed out drunk girl and he's got the angel and devil on his shoulder and the devil's going, suck a tits, fucker. And the angel's like, oh, you know, yeah. um, don't do that. Yeah. And that was, yeah. you know, that was like a, a representation of where consent politics yeah. was in the 1970s, you know? Yeah. And now, like, you, you wouldn't make that scene anymore because that's, you know, while that might not be... While that might still exist, it's not the norm. Um, and I think, you know, in the slow march of progress, eventually we'll get to a point where 
um people but, but is but there's the question is the slow march of progress acceptable like well i when i know, say because slow we, march, because what about all the things that happen along the way you know so it's, I, we yeah, can't I totally even be we can't even like yeah. accept that we must accept something a lot stronger but yeah, i yeah. totally agree with you and i think what happens is, is uh, there's a, i'm saying it's like uh um it's a um assessment of where we are as a culture so um, it, like when we have conversation around race, we're much further than we were 50 years ago. Um, and then every, it's like Moore's law, you know, like the um, amount of transistors you can get on a microchip, it doubles every two years. Um, like, but then there have been periods where that's sped up. Um, yeah, it's like, a, yeah, it's like, it's, 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 in, it's exponential, isn't it? Yeah. We yeah, can improve and like it, you know, and then in fifty years' time, what was acceptable, you know, what would be considered a enlightened today would be, you know, like retrograde, um, in the future. Um, it's just yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. It's it, there's yeah. there's no end to, to these things. We're always going to have to, um, have new assessments on. Yeah, on what's acceptable. And what's yeah. unacceptable. And it was, it's, you know, like in, yeah, in fucking, you know, in 20 years' time, we're going to be considered absolute fucking cavemen when people listen back to this. Yeah. I think that's uh, something we have to, you know, kind of reconcile ourselves with. John, have you read <laughs> the Forever War? Have you read the Forever War? So the, for, so the Forever War is about a, a chap who, um, uh, yeah, we, we're having a war with um, a, a alien race fucking very far away uh, and the only way to legitimately get there is to travel at like fucking light speed or, or as close to as possible or whatever so if for the soldiers they travel at light speed out to the planet fight and then travel at light speed back to earth and and earth has moved on like 150 years and they've only aged like 10 years uh, so every time so so every time you go out yeah every time you do a tour essentially you come back and the world's moved on a massive amount everything's fucking changed culturally and you're kind of left behind and it was a it was a it was a kind of metaphor wasn't it for people coming back from vietnam yeah. and, and and america kind of yeah culturally having moved on and then being left behind um and uh, and after one of the tours when the, when the, the the main character goes out he comes back and and the human race has been genetically uh, engineered to be gay um, so that so to, as a as a method of population control, and you have to kind of apply to to have a child, um, and and he is referred to as the old queer because he's because he's heterosexual, uh, and is then completely subjected to everything that 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 um, homosexual people were being subjected to, and you know whenever the book was written or whatever. So uh, yeah, it's quite interesting, but um, I, I don't know if it's actually relevant no it's relevant because effectively what you're saying is culture moves on and when you look back at the past like i mean i always say like um pedophilia was um not only acceptable but was societally encouraged in um spartan society and uh we look at it now as like what the fuck were they thinking but it's just the, the classic thing on that is, you know, you get all like these arch traditionalists who are like, we must go back. We must go back to the way we used to do things. And it's like vases of like Spartan yeah. warriors just sucking and fucking. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, is that the traditionalism you espouse? Is, it? Like, is that where you want to go back to? I mean, it's, um, yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but um, no, absolutely. And this is the thing, like, but I don't believe that the media or the current institutions that exist um, actually 
are supporting that. I think the fact that like Bill Clinton isn't in fucking jail and that Epstein was murdered and all of this kind of shit, that there are very there are people out there who are being protected. And and this shit will go on until the media decides to actually wage a proper war against them. Like well, the, the, the media aren't waging a war against the Tories and the sexual offences that Tory MPs have been doing for the past, you know, whatever years. I mean, it requires a full conscious effort from, it requires a full transformation of the entire, like, society and all the institutions that we have. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's, I, yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's still there. That's why it's a slow march. It's like um, when you talk about slavery, um, they knew that slavery was bad when they were doing it. Like they knew it was morally wrong yeah. when they were doing it. The reason that they didn't stop doing it was because you could create an entire economy based off of it. And there were people getting yeah. very, very fucking rich and powerful. And then because they were rich and powerful, they could influence the discourse, but they could also influence the rule of law. Um, so it's not, it's not like the average person doesn't know what is right or wrong. It's more like um, the reason it takes a while for you know, for society to catch up with what, you know, an activist is saying should be done is because you've got to fight against entrenched interests. Yeah, mm. absolutely. A hundred percent. Have you seen, did we talk about the 13th, John, on this? On, no, on the 13th. So the 13th is a documentary on Netflix and I th thoroughly recommend going to watch it because it's fucking, it's really good, really interesting. Uh, and, you know, it, it talks about the, the history of, of, of uh, the kind of segregation in America, basically. Um, and how it came about. And that was the bit that I, I found fascinating because I didn't know anything about it. And essentially, um, the Southern states, right, had, made, had, had, had built their entire economy, everybody's fucking jobs, all of their worth uh, on uh, the, the, the slave trade or uh, the use of slave labor. Right, they were the two things. So the cotton fields, all, all of that, like it was all, you know, the, the entire economy of the South was built on it. So when the 13th Amendment, was put in place and, and they had the uh, American Civil War. Um, it was over the fact that they, you know, some states were saying, you know, we can't fucking have slaves. This is mental. Um, and the South were going, what are you talking about? This is our, our entire economy is built on this. We, we need it. Um, so then the 13th Amendment came in saying you can't, you can't keep a person as a slave, basically, full stop. Right. But one of the kind of sub, clauses the the, the uh, a loophole that was written in there was you cannot you cannot deny another human being's liberty unless uh, it's it's as punishment for a convicted crime and so that loophole was what the southern states used to fucking criminalize the the, the black community they went oh brilliant all right well we can't use them as slaves but if we fucking slap a, um, a you know a custodial sentence on them for looking at a white woman yeah you know or uh whatever you know what i mean literally speaking out of turn right criminalize them boom great then we can keep using them as slaves so that 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 um started the uh the kind of domino effect uh of of um uh, of the southern states completely uh, uh criminalizing the black community and and then that rolled on to the you know like uh, the birth of a nation like the fucking film whatever year it came out and it was like and basically black men as a result of that were painted as rapists and criminals and murderers uh and like you know coveting white women and and and, and raping white women and stuff like that 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 myth complete myth which is total horseshit was perpetuated um 
and sold to the masses in order uh, that they could get away with criminalizing the yeah the black community and then keeping them as slaves. Uh, the, yeah, the the, fi- the you know the financial uh, you know the the um, socio economic um, uh, differences in in, in the uh, across America now are you know the direct result of of, of the actions that, that that happened back then. It's like uh, the um, I can't remember the guy's name, but one of Nixon's advisors basically said that the reason that the war on drugs started and it's continuing yeah. to this day yeah. was to they couldn't criminalize being black, but they could criminalize doing the, yeah using yeah, the drugs that people wanted to use, and and so they criminalized well, and leftists wanted to use as well, so they criminalized psychedelics and marijuana, and that was literally why they did it. It wasn't because it wasn't because they viewed them as like potentially dangerous and they need to get people away from these things it was literally like we want these people to be um non-citizens you we want to create- a, yeah the southern great, tactic uh... Is, uh, is that they talk about this as well the, the, the kind of the southern tactic the, the way you 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 win the kind of southern states in terms of voting in in america is to you know do that fucking like really fucking thinly veiled dog whistling like uh you know there's some key kind of lines that you use basically to say you know uh, like the war on drugs was one of them you know say so well, every all the all the kind of um right wing southern states understood what the war on drugs meant yeah. it means you were going to crack down on the fucking black community and angela um, davis um i have to say like reading uh, some angela davis recently and just she's explained to me a lot more about the nature of especially capitalism in the us and why it exists and it is like very racially charged in terms of its aims and its goals um and probably so much so in the uk as well you think about windrush you know people who came over to help build this country and the treatment they received um there's this huge racial dimension to capitalism. That's what it was founded on, um, yeah. in in a sense. And and to ignore yeah. that is at our peril. And that, and the and the, and the you know the the thing that frustrates me about that. Well, I say the thing that frustrates me. One of the things that frustrates me fucking massively about the whole thing is when people complain about um, about you know uh, uh, when when um fucking peaceful protests turn to riots and people moan about the rioting and they and they moan about fucking shops getting smashed up and all this kind of stuff and i just think i just think the the, the system is so fucking ridiculously stacked in 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 one direction that sometimes it takes a fucking kick right to get the pin, pendulum back near the middle right you can't it, it you know the, and that's what nick you kind of saying like oh do, is it okay for it to be a fucking slow change and it, it will always be a slow change unless people are willing to fucking stick their neck out uh fucking kick up a fuss uh and and create a bit of anarchy um and i i think anyone who kind of resents that doesn't it, it's the epitome of that privilege isn't it that you, if you don't understand why people are doing that then you then you are part of the problem as Martin Luther King said that uh, the riot is the language of the unheard, um, and I think that is as true today as it was when he said it. It's it's yeah. you don't riot unless you feel that you've exhausted all the other means. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the protests, the protests have done a huge amount to change mainstream media's discourse about the issue. Well, mainstream um, media is not talking about the protests anymore because the well, riots have stopped. 
No, no, but I mean in the sense that you know, uh, I think a lot of institutions are. Well, not, I wouldn't. I don't want to use the word acquiesce, but they're starting to, you know, examine their own inner workings and put out statements what, about change and how they want to transform to be, if you will, better institutions. So, so, but but only as a direct result of the protesting that has been done and uh, the support that the protesters have had from you know around the world. So. I'm very uh, reticent to give um, companies like corporations any kind of credit in in that kind true, of true, true. Yeah, there, there is. Yeah, you can be no, and that, sorry, actually, that's a really good point because is you see all oh, this thing, you know, like the Bill Hicks joke about like um, all that righteous indignation. Oh, there's a lot of money in that. That. That's the righteous indignation yeah, dollar, yeah, that's a powerful yeah. dollar, and it's and I think the, the the firms that have got involved, like say like a Nike, who's got involved in Black Lives Matter through Kaepernick, um, and then subsequently um, used it in in a lot of their branding. Um, I think it has nothing to do with um, racial solidarity and everything to do with uh, effectively like subverting the zeitgeist. Uh, absolutely sorry yeah i should have said that like it, it is you it is cynical i do still believe it's very cynical um but it's at least pushing something to the surface like you say in a sense you know yeah it, I, yeah it's, I think right, but it's also it's also necessary isn't it like it, you know even if it is it just cynicism right like it's still necessary and like you know we're having a conversation at work recently in um and the kind of the that kind of overriding feeling that well hang on well, what you know is this our is this our conversation to be had like you know it, it's a, a um a, an engineering company you know the engineering science technology engineering and mass industries generally are white male dominated and uh and you know, so oh, well, hang on, is this our conversation to be had? Like, who are we, who are we, should we be having this conversation with, and, and all that sort of stuff? And I think that's a that's a really fucking stupid way to think of it, because who else is going to have it's, it? It's our problem. Like, it's a white, you know, in in any company that is dominated by white men, it's the responsibility of those white men to make the fucking changes. Mm-hmm. Like, the the it can't. Who else is going to make the change in that company? Yeah. No, it's, right. it, you know, it's on a board of white men in, in any company. It's fucking white men that have got to make the changes. So, and and, uh, to, know, and this extends, I think, to, to all, conversations like, like all international struggle, be it like the the Kurds in Syria, or whatever. It's what can we provide those people to allow their struggle to be fought? So, you know, what can we do? It's not mm. we're listening, or well, no, we are listening, but it's it's, but you know, it's just to ask the question: What do we need to do to help? That is, I think, you know, the, the the more useful thing that you can do. And on that bombshell, anything else we yeah. want to cover off before we go? Should oh, we have a fun one next week, guys? <laughs> yeah, can we do something like that? Jesus Christ, yeah, right. I'm just going to go and, you know, and as I always say, like, I'm just going to go and kill myself and just see what... <laughs> Walk into the sea, John. Yeah. As I've said before, you know, my view is... Every- not every, not before, John. Every fifteen minutes, you said this. Do you want to do it again? You include bomb every thousand. Bomb. Yeah, every thousand. Yeah. Fuck you now. <laughs> Grace was right. Or re-education camps. Yeah. Oh, well, here we go. Say know. gulag. Get the trifecta. I'll, I'll, I'll go for a gulag. Yeah, great. Love a good gulag. Tell Grace. Tell Grace she was right again. That. I quite like the idea of um, like in a um, like left wing takeover of this country. I'm the poster boy of uh, you know like the 
general, we need you pointing his finger. It's me sort of looking a bit like half-hearted going, I'd go for a gulag. <laughs> <laughs> like that emoji. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Wearing, wearing my um, barbecue boys back patch for my um, left wing bike. Shop. <laughs> <laughs> the barbecue boys. Oh dear. Welcome to the three white men podcast. Yeah, that's, we should call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Gold, what? A really bad sketch comedy comedy troupe in uh, Edinburgh one year. The three white men. Um, and it's them dressed as the three wise men, but they're bringing, instead of gold, frankincense, and um, uh, they're bringing laughs. Uh, oh, <laughs> don't, don't say banter. No, yeah, don't say banter. No, oh, no, no, not, ba- not laugh. Banter. Um, oh, no. Um, Jake. Uh, no, it wouldn't be. It would Long. be. No, it would be something like because uh, the third one would be like thought provoking, so it wouldn't even make no. sense in like the syntax of the other two. It'd be like banter, <laughs> and then it'd be like um, probably non PC, and then it would be, <laughs> and then it would be thought provoking, and no one would see it. And yeah, three good. dads who worked in banking. Um, who were funding it would would not see a penny back of their thirty thousand pound investment into their trying to get their sons to uh, move out of home um, before their twenty ninth birthday. Um, so yeah, the three white men. I'm going to think about that for the next week. I'm going to start writing their um, sketches. <laughs> <laughs> um, it will be anti comedy, but. Um, the people that perform it will not realise it's anti-com, anti-comedy. Um, uh, anyway, so um, um, follow us on whatever Rick's um, Twitter handle is. What is it? Why aren't you? What, hold on. I can't no. remember a password for ours and I can't unlock Ask it. Ask for a password reset. What's the matter? It's like talking to my nan. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Um Join our 17 followers on um, at Good As Hell cast on Twitter, um, where it's a private account and um, I don't know how to access it to make it um, street legal again. Um, Give me the log on for the fucking email and I'll sort it out. No, I'll do it. It's fine. Um, Email us your questions as always at goodashellpodcast.gmail.com. Please send some questions that are funny. Please don't. Please, because we're all just, you know, 37-year-old men trying to live our... 36-year-old men trying to live our lives. And if anything, we, we're we depressed and, and it's been a struggle. <laughs> we need, yeah, we need a bit of uh, light-hearted comedy in our lives. Yeah. Please. So I guess we would rather want to do poos or wheeze or shag our mums or each other. Right. So <laughs> the, next, the next episode, the next episode will make a concerted effort. It's going to be pure scatological bullshit. It's going to be great. Yeah, um, Theo's um, come downstairs and he stood in the kitchen and I said that and he's he cracked him up. He fucking loved it. He's had to hide his face. He's he's laughing so much. So that's the kind of <laughs> level of humour that we want. The ones that will make my 12-year-old son laugh as he's listening to me record the podcast. Um, well, always a pleasure, boys. And I'm, I'm glad that we managed to uh, squeeze one in on a, on a Saturday night because um, none of us are going to be squeezing anything in later. 
<laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, all right then. Well, love you. Lots of love. love you. Lots of lots of love. Bye. Bye. Bye.